0: Welcome to the Healthy Dads Podcast. I am Mike Rumen, the founder of Healthy Dads, where our mission is every dad better. And today I'm excited to have on the show my friend, I mean, it goes way back, it's it's what? I don't know, 15, 17 years when I first, I first started covering MMA shows and I remember watching you fight, man, you had the awesome intro, um, my friend Gabe Charbonneau. Um, he is a fighter, fight trainer, and now he comes alongside dads in the Pueblo area with a fatherhood program. So, Juan and Gabe,
1: just good to see you, and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you for having me, Mike. You know, it's been a it's been a long, interesting journey. Um, you know, and it's interesting to have us both starting out in that fight world and to see the kind of a uh, symbiotic direction that both you and I have taken since then. Uh, you know, you with the dads and me ending up back here at, uh, at the dads as well has been kind of cool to see.
0: Yeah. I think there's so many lessons like in the ring um, fight analogies, Fails in the ring, wins in the ring that apply to parenting. There, there's probably a few books um, in your head that you have that you could be writing about, you know, fighter dads and like, how to, you know, combos and how to use that in your parenting. Not like not like punching our kids, but like um, lessons learned in, in the in the ring. But, hey, I want, I want to start out like by talking about this fatherhood program that you're involved in. Can you kind of give us a little bit of an overview of like what do you do?
1: with dads and how do you, how are you helping dads? Absolutely. You know, that's one of the things I'm extremely passionate and happy to talk about is what we are doing here with the fatherhood program in Pueblo. Now I, uh, as an employee of Catholic charities organization, which is a social services organization, it's, it's national, but each, you know, city has its kind of own branch. Um, we were gifted, uh, the firehood grant, uh, or excuse me, what was called the fire grant through Colorado Department of Human Services uh, back in June for this position. And it was because of what I had done, who I was in the community working with young men, particularly, that they thought that I should uh, come and head up this program. What we do is we help dads, no matter the state condition, trials, tribulations that you have had, we are here to reconnect dads with their children, whether they're in a relationship with the other parent or not. So there's a lot of different ways people can get involved. They can contact me 719-369-1138 or at Gabe C at dot Um now some of the folks that I work with they are mandated by the courts either because they need to take a parenting uh, parenting class anger management class, maybe uh, they're uh, doing the reintegration uh, strategy with uh, The legal system. But any man that wants to be a better dad is welcome to get a hold of me and allow me to help. When I say help, fathers need resources. And there's so many programs and resources out there for women. But very rarely do you have programs that specialize in what men need. And that's spiritually, financially, mentally, um, you know, because we often Get left behind, you know, and so if I have a dad that if you're homeless come in, let me see if I can help you find housing if you uh, if your utilities get cut off. We at Catholic Charities have specific funds and grants that allow us to get your utilities reconnected. If you don't have healthy and nutritious food in the home, we can help you there. If maybe you have goals of trying to be a better father, maybe you want to go back to school or you've lost your job, we can not only help you uh, find another job, but we can help connect you with everything from... uh, mental health uh, therapy, if you need that, if you're trying to go to school and you have no resources on where to find grants or how to do FAFSA uh, applications, we can help you. Our job is to put fathers in the best position possible to be there for their kids.
0: You, you gave me chills as you're like talking about that. Cause I, yeah, I see, you know, we, we've done foster care for a long time and that you're right. There's not a lot of programs that come alongside dads and just holistically help them. So I, I have a I have a personal question for you. So when I would cover your fights, um, you're one of the guys I looked up to because one you're in the ring and you're fighting, um, but the way that you coached your fighters because I would I'd sit ringside and you know take pictures. And I would watch you and like you your heart was every time one of your fighters got in there. Um, your heart was in there. Like you gave it all in. Where did that come from? Where did this, this drive? I mean, yes, to help dads, but you've always had this drive to help others. Like where did, where did that come from for you?
1: Well, you know, I'm third generation, uh, a family of fighters, which originally came from the Philippines on my dad's side. Um, my dad was a lifelong martial artist. I've been uh, training since I was six years old. I'm, uh, 47. I'll be 48 this coming year. And so this is something that had always been a byproduct of who I was. Martial arts embodied all of the makeup of my discipline and, uh, you know, my that martial aspect of it. I will say, however, that everything that has really led me to want to give back to the world has been a byproduct of my mom and uh, my mom was very well-known in the community. She uh, worked with low-income people. She was bilingual. She helped people. Uh, she helped immigrants stay. Everybody would come to her because she worked in housing, and she would stay late hours and help them uh, translate their documents, fill out their social service paperwork, and so I always had a strong calling with that. Now, when I started uh, running a gym, one of the things that I realized is that Most of the time, why do kids want to fight? People want to fight because they're angry. They want to hit something. They want to lash out, right? Why do they want to lash out? It's because they're angry. And what makes them angry? 90% of the time, what I found, Mike, is that the biggest thing that was missing in their life was a little bit of love and a positive male figure. And so I found through the outreach of what I do in martial arts and by teaching people how to fight. It became an extension of that home and that father figure that they never had before. And it was something that I was proud to give them. And so my guys, everybody, you know, I and I, as long as I've been doing martial arts and multiple disciplines, I have a, a couple of different instructor titles. Everybody in this fight game, in this fight sport, they call me Kuya though. And Kuya is not master. It's not sensei. Kuya just means big brother in Filipino. Because at the end of the day, a big brother's job in this world is to take his little brothers and sisters and raise them up and support them. Knock them in the back of the head when they need to be knocked in the back of the head and say, that's not the way. And to love them and support them and to teach them better than he had. And so that's kind of my life's mission. And it has become, you know, symbiotic with my coaching mission as an extension of what I do through the fatherhood program at Catholic charity. So right now I couldn't be happier in life.
0: Yeah. I, I love that. I think too, there, there's something about, so I remember like sparring, like I, I'd, I'd meet a guy, you know, we'd, we'd spar with different gyms and you'd meet a guy and then, you know, it's, it's kind of superficial, like, Hey, how you doing? I'm Mike or whatever. And then you'd go, go spar and like, there's something about sparring somebody like afterwards. It's like the bro hug, like your instant, like bond. I love how you're using that bond to pour into their, their life. Yes. Like fighting is part of this, but like, this is bigger than just the fight game.
1: I've always said that, you know, this was never about fighting for me. Fighting was debate that lured them into the light. And, you know, when, I I tell people all the time, the best friends that you'll ever meet are the ones that punch you in the face, right? (laughs) Yes. Because it's better. And I tell my kids at the gym every Wednesday when we spar, it is better to get punched here in the face by people who love you every day, by out in them streets, by people who don't, right? Because there's a spiritual interaction that goes on between you and another human being when you're in environments where there are no lives, There are no lies in the ring. There are no lies on the mat. There are no lies on the cage. There's only what you can do and what you can't do. And it bears the soul of who you are at your core. And for somebody to share that space with you is powerful. That's a bonding experience.
0: Man, you got to write a book. You
1: got so much wisdom. Like, do you have a book? I actually do have a book. Uh, I yeah. Yeah, so I wrote a book in 2000, I got a grant from the University of Hawaii, and it was called Toa, Contrast and the Island Warriors. At the time, I was living in Hawaii, and I was, uh, I was very blessed to be able to, because uh, martial arts of the Pacific were so underwritten about and undersourced, uh, and I worked with at-risk kids. And so uh, uh, this book was meant to um, help young males in Hawaii. Who I was working with at the Kamehameha School District to empower them to say, This is what a warrior really should be. And so it's not all kicking ass and taking names like we think. You know, being a warrior, man, a warrior meant that you were a citizen soldier, that you had a responsibility to ensure that your line lived to another generation and that was meant by that was meant by respecting and loving our most precious resource which is our woman right raising our children to be those of contribution right we all have to contribute in the community right and you had a specialty whether you're a fisherman a craftsman uh, you know and so it took a community contributing and everybody raising the children together and it wasn't all, you know, kicking butt was the, was the smallest tip of the iceberg for it. And so really, that's kind of the message that I've spread since then out here as well, is that, yes, it's fun to get in there and to hit things. And it's, it's a wonderful therapeutic experience. But at the end of the day, I would rather raise good fighters before good people or good people before good fighters. Right. Because. You can make a good fighter out of a good person, but you can't always make a good person out of a fighter who's not and just has talent, right? So that's really my responsibility is to take the kid in the, in the room that's not learning, raise them up, give them a little bit of support. And sometimes these kids just want to hear the word no because nobody's ever told them no. To them, the word "no" connotates the fact that wow, somebody actually cares.
0: You, you may not know this, but um, our mutual friend Eric Lalone, him and I used to do these MMA buzz watch parties at Buffalo Wild Wings, and we would like you know the the DJ equipment. You know, you know Eric, like he's making it fun. Uh, wait, staff would wear the our shirts or whatever, but there was some concerns. It's like, oh, you're going to have fighters come here, uh, and it's like i don't think people realize like fighters are some of the most calm people because they take out that aggression like in the ring they have you know they, they know who they know who they are but they're the they're the they're the quiet ones they're not the loud obnoxious ones but i think because they have that outlet and they have that brotherhood to like get that out of their system
1: absolutely um i agree with you 100 you know and i always say i'm the nicest person man i you know I you have to have balance I go to the gym, I get punched, I punch people, you know, I don't have any leftover testosterone, you know, I go home and I love my kids, and I'm able to hold them. I was very blessed to be able to uh, be a single dad of two little boys, since one was eight months and the other was a year and a half, and I raised those boys on my own. And, you know, it has given me that balance that I need in life. You know, and I think that's what's missing from, you know, male. There's so much toxicity in our society. And that's one of the things that uh, our Nurturing Fathers program really takes on. It's looking at not just societal, but even cultural implications on fathering, right? You hear the word machismo a lot, right? That word machismo, the, you know, men don't discuss their problems. You know, suck it up, buttercup. That's killing our young men. That's killing our fathers. We have the highest suicide rate out there. Why? Because we have too many young men that would rather man up in, science, in silence and not tell people what their problems are. And if we are not having these difficult decision with uh, difficult discussions with men, we're really missing the boat. It's okay for men to cry. It's okay for men to break that cycle of you know whatever their generational ideal of fathering was on them if it has negative aspects you know we have to be able to to put it in a bruce lee form take what is useful right discard what is useless and make it uniquely our own yeah the idea of the uh, one man wolf pack does not work out there like you
0: you need to find you need to find a crew so we're going to kind of transition over you've been coaching for ever um i'm sure even like as a 10 year old you were probably like coaching kids you know younger than you um let's kind of bring this home for dads so how how can dads either come alongside coaches or dads get involved in coach in coaching
1: you know it's interesting so uh and i just want to throw this out there even if you're a father if you're if you're a coach a lot of times, you'll realize your kids want to will listen to everybody else in the world, but you, because you're the dad, right? My boys are the same thing. They'll hear me say something in the gym, and they won't listen to it, but they'll hear another coach say it, and they listen, right? It has nothing to do with you, dad. Don't worry about it. Don't be so hard on yourself. That's just fatherhood, um, you know. And I think, but I really do think that kids won't always remember what you got them for Christmas. I don't know how many times I've been cleaning out my son's room and I find a Christmas present that they never opened, right? But kids will always remember the time that you spent with them. If you can get involved in coaching, if you can get involved in mentoring, that impact, not just for your child dads, but a lot of times for the the ancillary children, one or two children that happen to come with them, that maybe don't have that figure in the home, man, the impact that you can have is amazing. Um, so whatever your, you know, if your kids are, if your kids are involved in sports, it's great to go watch. And the important thing is to go let them be kids, you know, developmentally. I don't know if you're familiar with the five protective factors uh, in social work. Uh, one of them, you know, is kind of looking at developmentally, A lot of times we tell our, you know, I can't believe my kid's acting like a complete psychopath. Right. And then my spouse will come along and say, well, you mean she's acting like a teenager? Right. It's age appropriate. Right. And I think we need to allow kids to have that safe space to be kids. Of course, we want them to do well. But most importantly, we shouldn't be trying to relive our coaching past through our children. Right. Don't be so hard on the coach. Let the coach do his job. You know, if the coach is, is, you know, kind of hard on your child, you need to realize that a lot of times, you know, the the coaches, this is a metaphor. I don't care if it's fighting, I don't care if it's football, I don't care if it's baseball. Sports are a metaphor for life. And if we're not allowing kids to be able to uh, learn what it is like to be reprimanded, to be pushed, to be disciplined, by a coach, we're really preparing them for a future of failure. Because that's one of the big things that we need to have. Kids need to know um, structure. That's one of the biggest things I see missing from father that I could have done better at. Because all of us have things that we could. There's no real handbook to say this is perfect parenting. But one of the things looking back now that I've been through so much training over the years for fathering and positive fathering, the biggest thing, that mistake that I made as a father, Mike, was that because it was just me and I didn't know any better and the gym kind of raised my boys when they were little I would pick them up, we'd get McDonald's on the way and we'd stay at the gym till 9 o'clock and they would, you know, eat on the mat and then if we gotta leave early, I didn't have structure and I didn't have uh, a regimen for them and that's one of the things that kids need to develop uh, correctly is to have that regimen. I did not know that because I I was just a young guy trying to make it, you know Um, so know that your kids need to learn that structure they need to learn what it is to be pushed to have somebody believe in them and to have somebody expect better than the poor performance they're giving that day because they're feeling lazy they're feeling tired or they didn't eat right
0: yeah i think that um you can't see it on my camera here but i have a little plaque up there that says your story matters i think that's like yeah sports is it's, it's a small piece of that Kids' life, and we don't. I mean, we don't know what's happening at home. We don't know what's happening at school. If they got bullied that day, we just know like they're they're ours to coach on the court, in the ring, on the field, and we can pour into them through through a sport and affect other areas of their lives. Hey, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little role role playing with you. So when I had MMA buzz, I would go to these gyms, and there, I mean. I use like quote gyms because some of these were like someone's basement, a bedroom in a basement people would train at. Um, if you could speak to, well, we'll just, we'll just use a, a fight gym, but if you, if you kind of go speak to someone who's running a gym with your years of experience, what are, what's some advice you would give them um,
1: as their training fighters? Uh, the biggest thing that I tell people is learn how people learn aspire to don't be your fighting career is over don't be just a fighter who was a good fighter trying to open a gym right the biggest thing that i've learned is the biggest challenge that anybody is going to encounter in teaching or coaching any sport or discipline is learning that coaching is just communication right And I use all the time, you know, Mike Tyson is a wonderful fighter. He would probably be a horrible coach because he's impatient, because he doesn't have the best communication style, right? People are either audiovisual or kinesthetic learners. I spend just as much time learning to explain subjects and breaking them down even in the mirror to myself um, to make them understandable. It's easy for us to get frustrated and put the kid who doesn't seem to get it off to the side to do reverse punches or go punch the bag while we work with somebody that caters to our ego, correct? But our job is to find the one kid in the gym that is not learning, figure out why is he not learning, figure out his learning style, right? I'll, I'll explain it. I'll have them watch me model it or and then I'll have them do it and I'll explain it in different ways until I'm like, okay, he's a visual learner. He's a kinesthetic learner. He's a, you know, audio learner. And ultimately at the end of the day, our job is to not be competitors and fighters. Our job is to be teachers and communicators. There's enough coaches. We need to bring back the role of teaching to people. Yeah. I, I love
0: that. It's, yeah, it's not about winning and losing. Um, but it's coming, you know, it's going into that ring, a man and coming out a better, a better man. Or, you know, even like the kids nowadays, like, what did you learn through that win? what did you learn through that loss? It's uh, So good. Hey, we're kind of getting getting to the end of, our, to end of our time here. Any other thoughts, wisdom you want to pass on to, to dads out there?
1: No, I think that's pretty much it. You know, I I, I have my kids class that I, I teach four days a week with my little guys at the, at the gym. And, you know, I always pick. Every single, every single class, I pick uh, a subject. And the other day, I had this little boy who's been coming with his brother, but he doesn't want to do the hard work. He only wants to, I let him play dodgeball as a reward at the end of class. Well, that's when he wants to get in. And the other day, I said uh, he wanted to come in at the end of the day and play dodgeball, and I had to say no, because he didn't participate in everything else, right? Well, then I noticed I had a disparity of, the amount of people, unequal amount of people on the team. And I thought about letting him come back out. But then what would do that? What would that do to my integrity and my word? Right. So I always pick a subject to discuss with them, to help them become better young men. And I talked to them that day about their importance of their word as a man and adhering to that. Right. So I always try to impart A lesson every single class and at the end we always do coaches three rules or three rules be respectful be responsible and love your family because I truly believe if you at least follow those three paths in life everything else will fall into place Mike I really appreciate you having me my friend hey I
0: have one more question for you if you have a second I do all right this, this is my selfish question what is your favorite fighting memory whether it's a fight of years or someone you train, like what is that like, man, that was, I would love to relive
1: that moment again. Um, so I hadn't fought since 2008. And I came back uh, in two, 2015 at the age of uh, 42. And I fought two more times after that. All of them were first round wins, um, all against guys that were half my age, bigger and stronger. But the first time I fought... Uh, I fought it uh, for Steve Alley, a mutual friend of ours, at his uh, one of his last kickdown shows in Denver. And I fought his nephew, Ethan Alley, who was an uh, uh, amazing wrestler. He was like 20 years old, right? Half my age. He was uh, undefeated. He was on, uh, I want to say, a five or six win streak. And uh, my kids were so – and I have a picture of this. I, I won and I came out, and it was. I won by TKO in the first round. I come out, and all of my kids, so all together, I have five, they're all just in tears. And it made me break down crying. They were in tears because they were so worried about me, you know, about my safety. And man, I just I, I turned into a, a blubbering fool, and I started crying to them tell I'm okay, dad's okay. And I, I wish I could ball that moment up into uh that memory into a ball put it in my pocket forever dang man that's so good
0: hey brother i appreciate you man um any more fights in your in your
1: future i think about it all the time and you know my age the biggest obstacle is cutting weight i love to fight you know and that i think that's why i've had such, such success my last three outings in the first round is because when I was young, I used to go out there with so much pressure to do well because everybody knew me and I, I was worried about winning and losing in front of people. And this last time, you know, I said, you know what, I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to have fun. There I was, you know, my – the last fight I had fighting a guy at 170 pounds. I'm 5'7 if I'm lucky. This six foot 6'3". And um, <laughs> I was – I did a couple of cartwheel kicks and Superman off the cage and I'm doing all this stuff yeah. that I just – having fun to remember why I love doing it so if yeah. the right opportunity comes shoot I'll go out there and do the man dance one more time nice. yeah we'll link to um, your we'll, we'll link to, to the
0: Catholic Charities we'll link to your fights and any other stuff in the show notes um, after this but man I appreciate you I appreciate what you're doing in the community uh, pouring
1: into people and it's an
0: honor to know you
1: brother it is the feeling is definitely mutual an honor and a blessing always love talking to you Mike you bet. All right. Thank you.